Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, the official first episode of our coverage of Legacy of Monsters on the Story Archive show. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. It's our first deep dive, Zach, and it's our first official live stream going live on YouTube. We got one viewer that's probably you with the feed. No, we actually got a comment already from Jonathan Buckley. So thank you. He says, hey guys, from New Zealand. That's awesome. You are officially, I think, our first live stream watcher. So welcome. Jonathan gets the uh, badge for um, first comment ever on a live stream. So you will always hold that honor, sir. Let's let's screenshot this and keep this. I'm going to screenshot it, in fact, right now. And I do want this chat overlay on the actual feed here. So we will just Boom. keep this running. Now, if we can make that translucent. We're, this is an active experiment here. We're uh, iterating, going to become better at the live stream game. Getting better here and there. Okay, that's what I want. I want them to just pop up on the bottom left and then we'll just close that out. Perfect. There we go. Jonathan, yeah, first episode was amazing. I haven't watched the second one yet. This is not for episode two. This is just for episode one titled Aftermath and we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about the key scenes. We're going to kind of approach it maybe deep dive slash high level approach. But the one thing I love about this show, Zach, is that it lends itself to discussion. It lends mm-hmm. itself to a lot of what if scenarios, what would you do if there was a giant reptile lurking over your city? And per- oh, wait, nice. Jonathan hasn't watched episode two. Um, You're in the same boat. Well, we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to get into it all. We're going to talk about the characters we were introduced to. And yeah, we'll go from there. Sweet. Hey, Crims. For those of you- live stream not watching the live stream we're live streaming this so if you're listening to this later you missed it uh but maybe you can join us the next time that we do this i love seeing all the comments from everybody this is fun it's the first time we're doing it so and give us some love give us some feedback on this as well Uh, we appreciate it we'll be uh of course editing this as always and posting this on spotify um apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts it will also be up later but if you want to join us for these live streams we're planning on doing at least all of Monarch Legacy of Monsters on live stream. Eventually, we may be even doing more than that. But for now, probably starting with that and then uh, seeing where it goes. But all right, shall we kick into it? First initial impression, Zach, of the show yesterday before we did our For All Mankind coverage, which um, shout out to that. We're also covering season four of For All Mankind. You mentioned that you watched the first 15 minutes and you just knew right off the bat that this was a slightly different show than Apple typically makes. Yeah, I'm really liking it so far. I mean, my literally like my first comment uh, to you, I guess, off air was that, man, it, 10, I'm 10 minutes in, 10, 15 minutes in, it doesn't feel like an Apple show and I'm okay with it. Um, I think they really did a good job on the first episode here and I'm really hoping that they keep it up 
and that we don't get a season two treatment of you know invasion but yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i'm i'm very excited for episode two I, I don't think this one's gonna you know let me down I, mm-hmm. it you know and it's also been a long time since I've watched any like Godzilla things. So like, I want to preface mm-hmm. this by like, I'm not a Godzilla expert. I don't like, yeah. I was just shocked. I was like, what King Kong is in this? I know there was like a, like a mashup, but I didn't realize it was the whole same universe. So I found that interesting. Um, but no, it's, it's really cool. I like what's going on. I'm very curious to see all of the, uh, uh, the, the monsters coming out of here. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'll I'm say- excited, man. I'll say this: This is bad PR for Bigfoot. After they saw, we saw the footage, and we saw these, <laughs> you see a, these giant spiders. We see this giant crab that looks like something out of Elden Ring. We see a giant gorilla, as as in King Kong, and then we see Godzilla, who doesn't disappoint. And I think that's a big thing with these shows, right? You can't have the monster reveal be underwhelming, and every single monster you saw in this episode. It puts you in the scenario, like in the beginning of the episode when we see John Goodman running through Skull Island. It's 1973 and he's running frantically through the jungle with <laughs> this research, right? Yeah. And you see this damn spider behind him and you think that's the worst thing and it just keeps on getting worse and worse. It's almost like that um, the movie with Jason Statham, The Meg with the giant shark where there's like this <laughs> creature and then the Meg comes out of the water and eats the T-Rex. Like there's a whole, there's a creature that's worse than them all and Godzilla is known as the king of all monsters. So, yeah. And Jonathan, to your point, 100 times better than Invasion Season 2. Apple, we still love you. We do. We do. But this this is what you should really be investing your money into. It's Monarch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that all should right. be it. All right. Let's get into the episode a little bit here. We're going to go through from beginning to end. Starting with that intro. Now, there is a movie about King Kong that's about Skull Island. And like Zach was saying, if you're looking for the definitive encyclopedic approach to all of Godzilla history, this is not the place for you. But we are fans of the monster genre. We are fans of sci-fi. And we are fans of Apple original programming because they haven't really let us down too often. Um, and this one doesn't seem like it's like it's going to either. So uh, we're here for it. We're here to discuss it. And we're here to have a good time. So let's get into it. We start off like many Apple shows. We're not in one timeline. We are in several different time periods. We have, we're going between 1973, 1957, 20, a little bit of 2013 and 2015 is the modern day in this show. Uh, You got 1973. The first intro we see, we are introduced to John Goodman's character who is unnamed at this point on the show. For all we know, he seems to have stolen something from a business partner of some sort, and he's sending one last message to him to what could be inevitably his doom. And although, like I always say, if you don't see the body, they're not dead, he is presumably dead at this point because the way he ends his message. But if he survived that encounter with the giant king crab and the spider, maybe he got off the island as well. I think he may have gotten off the island, right? Let's give him some credit. Yeah. He seems well, he, like he's going to hold up hold up pretty well. He, he, I mean, look, the crab helped him, so there's there's hope. Yeah, I think for for one you have he's an A-list actor, John Goodman, right? So you're not going to just oh, yeah. take him out of the show incredibly fast, right? But <sighs> then again, we saw a bus a literal bus full of children fall into the Pacific Ocean in this episode. So 
I think anything's on the table. We saw a main character potentially die in K as she's getting dragged down by these, you know, this larva, uh, these freaking human-sized larva, uh, mm-hmm. just bringing her down. Um, and very intelligent, by the way. They were kind of climbing each other to reach her because they couldn't get, one of them couldn't reach her. So they all sort of hive-minded kind yeah. of used each other to reach her and bring her down into whatever they're going to. It kind of reminded me of what, what's that movie, World War Z, where you got all the zombies just kind of piling up on each other to get over the wall. That's what yeah, it reminded me that, of. That's that's exactly what I thought of. It's like the only thing I remember from that movie. The zombies <laughs> it's the, going it's the over. iconic moment. I know. That's the one thing that sticks out to me. I was going to say, yeah. you know, I, I hope that John Goodman's character is still alive. But don't forget, this is, this is still an Apple show, even though it might not feel as much like an Apple show right now. Yeah. And they just don't. They don't have a good pattern with, you know, keeping certain people around. Yeah, they're, they're pretty ruthless in terms of how they treat uh, their star actors. Uh, bear with us if we see your chat and we answer it and we come back to it a little later as we, uh, we kind of go back and forth between the covering the show and then scanning the comments. Zach, you can be in charge of it, but don't get too distracted with them at oh, this point. Otherwise... Right. We'll bomb, we'll bomb the podcast. Anyways, <laughs> John Goodman throws his research into the ocean and it drifts for 40 years in non-waterproof VHS cases. I don't understand how that research survived, but nonetheless, it falls into the hands of Kate, our main protagonist, it seems, in the modern day 2015, and it falls to her father's hands in the Sea of Japan. I guess he was a commercial fisherman and it was just in this net of what well, seemed to be dead fish, to be honest. All those fish seemed dead to me, but yeah, um, pretty dead and slimy too. It looked like I don't know. And I that's don't know where, why they were so slimy. And that's where the show really sets the stage, right? We have this mysterious research that is supposed to, who knows, you know, tell the world about the discovery of monsters, or who, or who knows what? Because it seems like the world already knows monsters exist because Japan has these alarms, the signage everywhere. They have even like the same way you'd have like an earthquake procedure, right? They have Godzilla procedures where everybody is going with to these tunnels, which that's not the place I would want to be. But then again, where is a safe place when you have a skyscraper dinosaur uh, over your city, right? Can we call it a dinosaur? I don't know if we can call it a dinosaur. You know, one of the things that I did like about this show, at least from my understanding, I, I did like a tiny little bit of digging before we started recording, like literally just minutes before. And, you know, it seems like with some of the movies and you know, just other videos that have been uh, produced and are out there in the real world, like this kind of ties into that greater story. Like there is like a lot of like overlap um, from my understanding at the very least. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was missing anything when we started this. Like, I think they did a really good job of bringing me up to speed with, like, what's going on in the world. The fact that Godzilla attacked San Francisco. Like, it was, I I think it worked really well. I didn't feel lost. Yeah, and I think that they made a big deal to not build up the reveal of Godzilla too much, right? Because in a show where the mystery or the the villain or the monster so to speak is someone that you that you've never seen before um you got to be careful of not building that up so much that the audience loses interest once they've seen the monster and mm-hmm. in this case you see Godzilla pretty early uh we meet Kate who's on her way to Tokyo to settle her father's affairs who is presumably dead his plane in Alaska supposedly got lost in a storm and uh he hasn't been seen from since but 
in my knowledge of the Godzilla lore, like the King Kong Godzilla lore, because I think it's all connected, we see a bit of it in this show. So those movies have to be connected somehow with the show. And um, it's one of those things where if you noticed in 1957, the, the two scientists and the soldier, they mm-hmm. talk about this hole. The little boy yeah. from Kazakhstan, he talks about that the scientists dug a hole to the center of the earth. In the whole Skull Island movie, there is a world inside the core of the earth that doesn't operate the way uh, the earth does. And so that's where these monsters sort of live. That's kind of like the long story short. I don't know how much they're going to stick to that plan or how much of that actually exists on the regular earth itself, but uh, here we are. I agree. Uh, Crims, who is, you know, sending some comments through on the live stream, made a point, which I, I took note of as well. Uh, a little later on in the episode, you know, th- this guy is sent to uh, pr- protect, uh, I forget their names at the moment. I, I, I'm a little Billy. slow. Thank Kay you. I'm Billy. a little slow on, on picking up on new character names, but he's sent there to protect these two and all he brings is a pistol and he's sent there on orders of the military. I was like, mm, red flag number one, that doesn't seem so safe. So, I noticed a few things with that dynamic of that trio. First, I think that um, Wyatt Russell's character, who actually, that is a soldier. His name in the show is Lee Shaw, okay? Yeah. They don't mention it too much. They just say his name Lee a couple of times, right? I think he has the hots for Kay, right? Did you notice kind of like this uh, sort of resentment towards Billy? A and, little bit. Uh, and, his, and the way he was... Uh, treating his wife, Kay, which at this point, they have already had their son based on some di- little dialogue in the car. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I don't think he was expecting that this lead they had was going to actually come to fruition like this. And the excitement overwhelmed them to a point that they decided to go and get samples from something that they probably should have waited a little longer to go with reinforcements to prove it. But then again, it's 1957. I don't believe at this point that the yeah, thanks, Jonathan. He definitely has the hots for her. I agree. Uh, I don't think in 1957 that the world had acknowledged the the monsters being just a part of this world, you know? Yeah, uh, you're, you're probably right on that. You know, the, the other thing that I'm really curious about is this whole, like, the radiation thing, right? Like, I'd, I'd love to know how Great point. there's, like, this radiation that's just going out everywhere. I mean, it's being at least picked up by these... Uh, what sensors, but the moment they get past this barrier, it just disappears. Uh, that'd make me a little nervous too. I'd, I'd well, love to know the tech behind that. Is that like, is that humans doing that and just trying to keep people away somehow? Or is there something, I don't know, coming off the monsters? No, there's actually, there. the radiation does tie into why these monsters exist in the first place. And I had to do a little digging because, have you ever heard that Godzilla is kind of like a sensitive subject? For like in Japan, it's not like no. uh, it's it's not taboo or it's not something like forbidden to talk about, but it's one of those things where I've always heard that it was kind of like this thing that was used against Japan, and then I had to look into like what that meant, meant so to speak, and I found this on Wikipedia. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Here's a little bit I found. Godzilla is a prehistoric reptilian monster awakened and empowered after many years by nuclear radiation. With the nuclear bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the Lucky Dragon 5 incident still fresh in the Japanese consciousness, Godzilla was conceived as a metaphor for nuclear weapons. Others have suggested that Godzilla is a metaphor for the United States, a giant beast woken from its slumber, which then takes terrible vengeance on Japan. Um, I mean, 
Pearl Harbor and you know the rest. Yeah, of everyone knows history. Yeah. Uh, God. Well, maybe not everybody knows history, but uh, Godzilla has been considered a filmographic metaphor for the U.S. as well as an allegory of nuclear weapons in general. The earlier Godzilla films, especially the original, portrayed Godzilla as a frightening nuclear spawn monster. Godzilla represented the fears that many Japanese held about the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the possibility of recurrence. So I think Godzilla, the whole lore of it is that he has grown this large due to some freak science reaction with radiation that's made him, you know, explode. Actually, isn't a Godzilla a girl? If it's producing all these... I would I'm imagine thinking, so. I'm thinking back to the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, like in the early 2000s. Where Godzilla has a bunch of like eggs, I believe, and uh, that movie's terrifying. By the way, I don't know if it, I don't know if it still holds weight, but seeing like the shakes, like in the water, like the little ripples, yeah, in the water, it's kind of like Jurassic Park, right? So, so what you're really saying is that Godzilla was created by Oppenheimer, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love all these tie-ins from the things that we watch. It's fun. At the end of it all, it's just like Oppenheimer looking over a lake. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much how the movie uh, the whole series ends but alright let's get back to the show here something happens on Kate's trip to Japan she unfortunately finds out that her father was living a double life that we know of we don't know much about this man we don't know about his uh, his dark secrets and what he's been doing but seems that he had a family in the US and he had a family over here in Japan and she meets them now, which order this these relationships happened, we don't get clarity on that, but she does have a half-brother named Kentaro, who's a little bit hostile towards her at first, but then seems to be a relationship that is getting a little warmer because they start to work with each other at the end when he shows her their yeah. father's office, they uncover the evidence, and then he enlists, kind of douchey, but he enlists his ex-girlfriend who he's ghosted for a few months to help him decrypt the research. <laughs> which um you know she seems still into it so yeah they were both you. a little hostile to each other brother and sister i mean i i can understand why yeah. you never knew the other one existed and you you both found out that your your father was cheating on your mothers and they both right off the bat wanted to know that they wanted to both assume that they were the favorites of their dad right yeah even so much so that she's asking when she's trying out the pin codes on the vault mm -hmm. um she eventually comes to a comes to the realization that he pretty much loved them all equally. That's what it yeah. felt like, right? Because he, and it's kind of it's kind of funny and at the same time kind of horrible to think about it if you were in that situation, right? <laughs> yeah, it really makes you wonder what this guy is doing all the time. Like we we see him basically run away from his daughter and his wife over in San Francisco later on in yeah. this episode. So like, I mean, he's got to be pretty involved with monarch or something I, I i just don't i don't understand how do you get away with that like in the 2000s i feel like you could get away with that pretty easily having a double like two families in like 1950 but like 20 to 2010 like that's kind of tough find my just you know like your, your wife can just pull you up and like find my iphone or something find find my friends pretty much you're in japan like what's going on why are yeah, you there for three months <laughs> why i don't know FaceTime me. What apartment is that? You know, whatever. You, you know, just got attacked hey. by Godzilla and you're over in your apartment in Japan. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Goodbye. All right. Um, the Kazakhstan story. So, we have those two scientists and I assume, I think the first episode's kind of the hardest to kind of get your bearings of what's going on, but these two are here on a lead. It seems that they have been researching this for years. 
and their leads have taken them to this abandoned plant in Kazakhstan, which supposedly has heavy radiation, but the boy dispels that. The boy they meet in the forest who holds them at gunpoint, he dispels that. He says that's a myth to keep people away who are curious, which seems to be what you were saying, Zach, that this is purposeful, throw off the scent of anything that could be here so that you stay away from what's going down here. Now, one would wonder why they would leave a, a hatchery, like a nest of monsters here unsurveilled, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point in the show. I hope so. I really hope so. I want to know how many other like monsters, you know, we're going to end up watching or, or finding at least in this, uh, in this show. It kind of, I don't know what it reminded me of for, for a moment, like Pokemon or something, just like discovering all of these little monsters everywhere that are, uh, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Lilo and Stitch? Hey, man, look, I got to bring up something. You, you, you bring up Game of Thrones and everything. I can only pull, you know, SpongeBob in for so many episodes. So I'll grab something else. Um, yeah, let's continue on here with the episode. So they set off the explosive at the plant, which, of course, is the natural decision to blow up the ground around a nuclear power plant, right? <laughs> which pretty much dissolves the entire ground underneath them. They discover a horrifying sight, which are these eggs. By the way, the hatchery and the eggs being there is not the most surprising thing. The most surprising thing is that as they were driving to this location, I would have bet $100 that the guy played by Wyatt Russell, Lee, was this woman's romantic interest and not the kind of dweeby scientist guy. If I had to guess, if I had to just completely judge them right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they that? have better chemistry at the very least, right? Yeah. One was willing to dive in the hole with her. The other one stayed up top and couldn't pull her over the railing fast <laughs> enough, right? So, she dies yes. as a result of it. Don't you Pretty think if, if you were her husband, you'd be the one to want to go down there with her though? Instead like, of her, if you're also the scientist, down. exactly. That, that yeah. or instead of, right? Like either be the one to go with her or go instead of her going down. Though I, she really did want to go collect those samples herself, I guess. You know, maybe she wanted to be the first human to ever, you know, kind of have that breakthrough. Now, granted, she did say it was because she was lighter that she should go down there, but uh, heavy it risk really and now seem much like she was lighter you couldn't yeah. pull her up i know well it's like it's, it's not easy right i figured just dead weight on that rope over that rusty railing but look i'm a big proponent of the whole if you don't see the body they're not dead but i have a hard time believing that she's alive like There's she has like, to be dead there there is no way like they fell through the earth like they were yeah. surrounding her. I I was, however, expecting that scene to be a lot more gory than it was. It wasn't really gory at all. Like they just kind of like crawled up think... her until she was heavy enough to fall into the earth. Yeah, I'm not sure we're gonna get like a really gory show here, but I guess that'll play out as the season progresses. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Kate because while she's there, we get this really haunting scene as she leaves the apartment and the call cuts out with her mother. And mm -hmm. it's a Godzilla false alarm, which I was kind of glad it was a false alarm. I didn't want a full-fledged Godzilla attack. Not on that screen. early in the show, no. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm. It was kind of like if you're watching Jaws and you think the Jaws attack's gonna happen, but it's the music starting. You know, you ever seen Jaws where the music starts, but there oh, yeah. isn't an attack. It's yeah. just the imagination of what's beneath in the depths. Mm -hmm. 
right? Uh, that's kind of how I want Godzilla to be. I want it to be this, this sort of like this ramping up of conflict the entire series. And then when the conflict's at its worst, when it would be the worst possible time for Godzilla to attack, he attacks. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. did you notice that the uh, attack on San Francisco, I believe they call it G Day? It's Godzilla G-Day. Day. Oh, yeah. I did not catch that, but that's interesting. Because, yeah. I would have, you're kind of made to believe based on how the episode goes that this is the first instance of a major monster attack on the city. But you do get the sort of whisperings and the hints that the world is different because even when she's coming off the plane, they spray, they spray the whole plane, right? And the guy yeah. next to her says, it's all about the safety, the illusion of safety. They think that if they spray you, that they're going to ward off monster attacks, which is an interesting comment to make, right? I, I thought when I was watching this episode and they were starting to spray the plane, I thought this was going to be like peak COVID season inside of the show or that's something. That's what I thought. I, that's, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, not another. Not another yeah, COVID I story. I was a little, I was a little annoyed by that. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. They yeah, think okay. it's going to protect them from Godzilla. We're, what is we're this? We're over <laughs> like, it, man. No, skunk no. spray or something. We're over it. Over it. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to talk about her her traumatic experience with Godzilla in San Francisco mm-hmm. because she was possibly in the worst situation one can be in. She was in a loaded school bus full oh, of yeah. children, which I thought she would have been a scientist or like someone like who worked hunting these monsters, but she's a school now, she's teacher. She's going to get pulled kinda, into it. Yeah, that's, that's what's kind of more interesting about it is that she's going to get pulled into this world. But nonetheless, she was on the Golden Gate Bridge, not the place you want to be. You don't want to be on a bridge when a giant reptile attacks your city, okay? You don't want to be on a bridge. You don't no. want to be on a bus with 50 kids. And unfortunately for those 50 kids, only like two of them got out. I thought the whole bus was going to get saved and she would be a hero. But no, it was just like two kids at the front who were moving faster than everybody else. They got off. The rest on the bottom of the sea at this moment. Yeah, this shows... I You know... I, I will say though, as as sad as it is that you just killed forty eight kids in a school bus, Pretty I much. I am happy that you know at least this show like there there is some sense of risk right like mm. there there is some death I mean like for all mankind you know they they don't pull any punches there I'm curious to see if if they kind of like keep this up uh, and and Monarch Legacy of Monsters but so far I'm happy with it I'm happy that I'm a little nervous anytime you know Godzilla is coming around the corner. Hey, yeah, Space no, Case no, no. is here, by the way, and the chat, welcome. Welcome to the stream, welcome to the stream. I'm actually interested to know what, I would love to hear like a ranking, like everybody give what would be your worst possible scenario to find yourself the moment Godzilla strikes? Like what would be the worst place to be in? Because I'm putting, like I said, the school bus full of children on top of the Golden Gate Bridge in packed traffic. I think that's got to be near the worst. So anybody else who wants to chime in and, and put their worst case Godzilla scenarios, uh, please drop it in the chat. I think All the right. uh, worst place to be when Godzilla's on his way is in the same hemisphere that Godzilla's in. Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> I wonder how fast Godzilla can move from San Francisco to Japan, right? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if you can like, again, not, not a Godzilla expert. I wonder if you can like swim around really quickly. I don't know how quickly you can move through the center of the earth. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you whenever you see these the big monsters, like, I think he's out of the center of, of the earth, but like, yeah. I don't know, there's the underground like tunnels and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, these big monsters move slow, but one step is like a mile. I'm assuming Godzilla's not going like he's not he has escaped whatever hellhole he came from and he is now just in the earth reigning terror right now yeah. i wonder if this is going to be a full-on evil godzilla or if this is going to be a good godzilla because there are there are sometimes some movies have him as a villain and some movies have him as a good guy i don't know that this is going to be the show where godzilla rises up to fight the other <laughs> monsters i just i don't think that's going to be the case i there was a movie uh about that if i remember correctly it was like what godzilla king of the monsters or something like that like oh it was like I, king I kong swear that was a movie. king kong versus godzilla there was, oh, there, there was one where they fought. like teamed up and fought this ai Godzilla as a creature thing oh, as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like an old one though. But I never, I never watched it. I, I just remember seeing some of the videos from it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Kate and Kentaro going through the research that they uncover in their father's vault. They enlist May, who is Kentaro's, you know, ex fling, right? Who's also a talented. They're on a break. They're on a. She's on a break. No, he's he's, uh, he's gone. Like he he's past the break, bro. He's he put in his he put in his two weeks. Um, they decrypt the information, which I found interesting. The fact that it was able to flag Monarch, the organization, despite it being just a tape, a physical tape. So I was very confused about that as well. I was like, how on earth would you know that somebody like is reading a analog tape? I literally wrote that in my notes. And then a moment later realized what she did, uh, what May did was she uploaded a very small piece of the encrypted data to a service online to decrypt it to make sure it worked. And then, every, like she didn't upload the whole thing, it was just a small piece of it, right? So then yeah, she yeah. took it offline and decrypted it there. But because it was online at that point and the logo was caught, that's, uh, I guess, what happened. You yeah, know, they, they the, caught it. What what the engineer at Monarch said, which I'm assuming it's Monarch, right? Yeah. Um, is that they flagged the Monarch recognition code. So just despite it being a tape, it still flagged the system because they had one of those codes on the tape, which is pretty impressive technology considering it was 1973 when those tapes were recorded, right? That they thought about these things 40 years in the past. Yeah, military grade uh, pretty remarkable. encryption, 40 years yeah. old. Phenomenal. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, inside those tapes, we get leaked images of Bigfoot, which all the Sasquatch uh, believers out there rejoiced, right? Um, oh, yeah. And we saw some other monsters. Pretty much what it seems like these tapes uncover is the existence 
of these monsters roaming the earth. Yeah, roaming the earth. I mean, we also see a photo of uh, her grandmother, right? Like in what looks like the footprint of, yeah, Kate's grandmother in the footprint of Godzilla or some massive monster. Yes, some massive footprint, which puts the timeline at, okay, so if they had photos of Kay in that footprint, right? Yeah. And that was 1973 when he had those tapes. Then Kay had to have survived that monster pileup at the bottom of the hole because that was 1957. Yeah, but the photo could it, the photo could have been old. Like it doesn't mean that the uh, that the photo was from the 70s, oh, yeah. right? I like mean, it, it could have just yeah. been old, old records and like I don't know, maybe he took them because they're maybe Monarch is trying to keep something. I mean, it clearly seems like they're trying to keep something a secret. We just don't know what it is. Um, so she very well could be dead. She does age magnificently if that photo was from 1957 and was put in 1973. Yeah. That, she ages like fine wine. And like Jonathan saying, Kate is, Kate is hot, which is her granddaughter in the show. Crims uh, mentions that the worst the worst situation you could be in when Godzilla attacks is to be naked. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. So, all right. San Fran. <laughs> I don't know last... how to respond to that one. I, I'll agree. Being naked? With yeah, Godzilla that'd, be, that'd be pretty would terrifying. You rather, would you rather be butt naked when Godzilla attacks you or would you rather be on a school bus full of children on the Golden Gate Bridge? Hopefully wearing clothes. Um, wearing clothes, yes. You're not naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably rather be in a school bus. I mean, it, it'd be an interesting sensation to take a plunge <laughs> down into the ocean, I guess. I don't know. I think I'd rather be naked. Uh, just think about it. First and foremost, you're not going to have to deal with the guilt of having lost all these kids on this bridge. Secondly, the stories you're going to be able to tell. Like, yeah, I was, I was standing I was, on a mountaintop. I was, I was about to take a shower and the Godzilla ripped my roof off. I was butt naked and I had to run through the streets to the, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're, you're going to tell that story for the rest of your life. But we only got one scene with Kate's father. Um, and I need to IMDb his name because I, I didn't catch it in the actual series. His yeah, real I don't, name I don't or his name in here? In the show in the show mm. i don't believe we have it yet but um if anybody caught the name of kate's dad in the first episode uh please drop it in the chat but we see a scene in 2014 after the shortly after the godzilla attack occurred and um he essentially is giving kate directions of where to go after the attack he's telling her to take her mother he ha- that she's gonna have to take care of her, her mother take her mm. to reno and that he has a hotel in their name so he had a plan in check he probably did something similar with the Japanese family of his. And then I'm assuming he went to Alaska and got on that plane to God knows where. I'm assuming to Skull Island. I think all of this eventually just leads back to Skull Island like we saw at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I would imagine that we're going to get pulled back in there. I don't. I mean, I don't think there was any need for him. Was his name Hiroshi? Like, I feel like I remember hearing that at some point in the episode, but maybe I have no idea. Maybe I misheard heard what his name is. But anyways, I don't. I don't think he would have done that for his family in Japan because I mean they weren't getting attacked. It was he probably had something ready to go. Yeah. Um, but I. I don't know. I don't know why he went to Canada. Yeah. I want us to make another mention, since we know that Kay, the woman in the flashback from 1957, is Kate's 
grandmother, mm-hmm. they do mention that she died while their father was young. So if she doesn't die in that flashback, she sh- does die shortly after. And the other interesting thing is, we know Kurt Russell is in this show, although he's not yeah. introduced in this episode. And it's kind of funny because as we saw Wyatt Russell, as I've mentioned earlier in this stream, yeah, he's his son in real life and he's probably going to play his father on the show and Kurt's going to play his... Oh, no, no, no. He's going to play the older version of Yeah, Lee son. Shaw. Yeah, yeah they, they, they both play Lee Shaw in this, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So. They both play Alicia. Yep. Um, okay. And we end the episode with a cliffhanger, which, by the way, leaves you... I, I barely could resist hitting episode two. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning, and we'll do our second recording mm-hmm. for our deep dive on that. Um, but it just leaves you with the most cliffhanger of cliffhangers, with her dad is Takahiro Hira, Hiroshi. Okay, so the father is Hiroshi. Like you mentioned, that's the name of the dad of Kate and Kentaro. Uh, we Perfect. end the episode with Kay falling to presumably her death after Billy, her dweebish scientist husband, could not pull her over the railing in time. And Lee looks on with his pistol, <laughs> the knife that he brought to the gunfight, right? Seriously. Gun he mm-hmm. brought to the monster fight? I don't know. Which ends none of the, episode. None of one, the season premiere or the series premiere of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yeah. Great episode. I was lucky because I had to start work right as I ended this episode today. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't watch the next one. So I, I am excited to to get that one in. I don't think it's going to disappoint. Where do you see the season going from here? Um, what do you think are going to be, what's going to be the trajectory of season one? I mean, I think uh, Kate and her newfound brother are going to just continue to team up. I'm sure May will be a part of the, like, the little Scooby-Doo gang that we got building here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to go catch themselves some monsters. I, you know, I, I don't know what the mystery is with, um, you know, with Monarch. I don't know what they're trying to hide, what, what they're so secretive of. I mean, I, I feel like in a world where San Francisco is destroyed by Godzilla. Everybody knows monsters exist. So I, I don't know what they're trying to, to cover up. Maybe um, the origins of these monsters? Could It could be the origins of it. That would, that would be interesting. I mean, maybe, maybe they're like, I don't, maybe they're controlling the monsters in some way, right? Like, can you imagine if they were like using them as weapons? Um, mm-hmm. or, or training them to be used as weapons. I don't know. Like maybe that's a possibility and, you know, that's what they're trying to hide up. And, you know, uh, Kate's father was trying to potentially expose. Um, that's probably the best guess I have right now. I, I don't have a lot of expectations on where this goes just yet. Um, nor a lot to build that opinion off of. So well, it's it interesting to me because we've been calling it the Godzilla show pretty much. We have the cover art of our podcast at the moment has... A 50-50. We have Godzilla on one side and we have For All Mankind on the other. Mm-hmm. Yet the show is called Legacy of Monsters. Yeah. So it's probably not going to just be Godzilla. I'm assuming it might be multiple monsters and really what's at the um what's at the core, right? Uh what is what is really the secret behind the existence of these creatures and why these super mega monsters even exist in the first place? But I'm I'm very glad that I actually have no idea which direction it's going in, other than the breadcrumbs we have of Kate and Kentaro 
going to investigate what their father's involvement was with Monarch. And as yeah, the audience, we know more about Monarch than Kate and Kentaro do at this moment, right? We're, a little, we're privy to a little bit more information than they are. But, um, but nonetheless, we have enough secrets and mystery to, to keep us going the rest of the way. Agreed. We did appear, Crims. Yeah. They did show um, Kong. In the very beginning, yeah. And you, and you mentioned, and you mentioned um, that Kong is, isn't Kong the good guy. Most of the time, Kong is the good guy, I've noticed in the, in the recent movies I've seen. I, I don't recall a, a King Kong movie that Kong was evil. Um, yeah. I feel like Godzilla, I've seen Godzilla evil more than Kong. Uh, Kong seems like more... Um, like, Self-defense. Like, he's, he's evil to those that are, you know, wishing him harm, right? You try to kill him or capture him. Yeah. Oh, I think he's like has a higher IQ than Godzilla. Like, I don't think Godzilla I is. Imagine. I don't remember ever seeing a moment where Godzilla's like, that. Eh, damn, that's a smart lizard over there. But Kong. <laughs> he's just like, a big it, dumb elephant walking around, yeah. stepping on cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Do we have any categories for this episode? And, you know, feel free to follow along in the chat if you got, if you want to put your answers in there as well. We do have some categories, but. Uh, let's let's start with uh, with favorite scene, okay. And the episode, I think the brief flashback to the Godzilla attack in San Francisco was pretty epic, and the score and the sound effects that they introduced Godzilla with were just all in all like they really set the atmosphere for this monster encounter. You know, that was yeah. my personal favorite. It it was really good. I. I'm going to, I guess I'll zag here. I, I really liked, you know, seeing the, the character building with Kate and, you know, getting the introduction to this random family that she didn't know, I guess she, she had. So I'm, uh, I liked that one. That one was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. It, it, it took me by surprise. I was not expecting that. I was kind of expecting somebody to be inside of that apartment, but not, uh, not her father's other wife and son. Yeah, no, me neither. I did want to make a mention about Anna. The actress who plays Kate is Anna Sawai. Hmm. And she's in my she's actually in my favorite Apple TV series or one of my favorite Apple TV series um called Pachinko. Hmm. And she plays Naomi in Pachinko. And uh that's an excellent like multi-generational story um that apple tv has has been telling i'm i'm looking for season two on that i also love the fact that there a lot of these shows have uh taken foreign countries and kind of like put them on a showcase right kind of like a um taking a tour right and i you know i told you about the show drops of god on apple tv which is heavily heavily in japan i just love you know i love tokyo i love the vibes of japan and just being able to see that on like a high quality level Mm -hmm. is, is really dope especially the scene with may as she's eating in like the night market and her, she has like this cyberpunky type of lifestyle. Oh yeah. You know, where she walks to her apartment. It's it's super dope. I, I I just I feel like someone in the Apple Creative Department is like a like, you know, a kindred soul who also, you know, likes the same type of things. But um for a season premiere, it felt almost tame, right? It felt like they weren't trying to prove themselves too much in this premiere. It felt like stick along for the ride and you're gonna you're gonna be in for a treat. It didn't feel like we're gonna we're gonna show you our hand right out the gate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Completely agree. All right, let's pivot to the next category. 
Favorite character of the episode. Favorite character of the episode. Um, is it safe to say Godzilla? Godzilla. You know, I, I think I'll permit you one Godzilla in this show. <laughs> is Godzilla the new Tommy Shelby? Is, is this the Tommy Shelby Award? I don't know. Maybe for those, I mean, for those who still every scene in, for sure. <laughs> for those who haven't tuned in, we have a Tommy Shelby Award for this category. So every single yeah, Jonathan loves Kate. I'm with I you, agree. Jonathan. My, my mean, favorite character of the episode as well. She's gonna be a fan favorite, I think, for for a lot of a lot of people out there. But um, yeah, Kate, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> what if we got her on the show? That would be insane. But she That'd seems be to awesome. be taken off as a as an actor right now. So uh, we'll see. Um, so yours is Kate. Then yours is. Yeah, Kate. mine's Kate. Yeah, I, I agree with Jonathan here. Old lady killed it. Are you talking about... That's from Her Cringe. grandmother? Kay? Or are you talking about uh, the mistress of uh, the second wife of Hiroshi <laughs> that lives in Japan? That'll be an interesting Cause she was, one. Because she, she was... They were all... They all killed it. I think the, the casting was terrific uh, on this season for who they chose. And I'm glad to see Wyatt Russell in something big. Because he has one of the best Black Mirror episodes where he's testing a video game. And I'm not going to spoil it, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Crims, that was good. I, I, thought, I thought that that mother character was honorable. Like, she was super honorable, uh, despite the fact that she's been cheated on and her husband has a double, a double life. She's not taking it out on Kate. Meanwhile, yeah. Kate and Kentaro are taking it out on each other. Can we ship Kate and May? May's hot too. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> Make a like, Black Mirror episode. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Um, all right. Any other categories, Zach? Do you want to lay got, some wagers already or what are we doing? We got two more categories. I feel like it's too early to lay some wagers. Let, let's, let's see I where I think this show can, is starting to go. I think we can lay two wagers right off the bat. To be all honest, right. Well, let's, well let, let's hold off on those for a minute. Let's get to the last two categories. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, third category is going to be worst scene in the episode. I, I actually had one that I wanted to call out. I just worst I thought it was corny. Worst scene in the episode? Yeah. None really stood out to me, but which, which was yours? My least favorite thing in this episode was the whole, uh, you know, hacking scene where, where May was like pulling this stuff up. Oh, you I didn't just, like that? It, I was cringing, man, I was cringing watching that and just seeing like, oh yeah, I'm hacking this thing, this analog <laughs> tape, there's a bunch of freaking windows popping up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then like two or three times, like, I don't know, Kate walks over there and she's like, oh wait, hold up, go back. As if there's just some magical like timeline to just flip, you know, backwards to whatever just pulled up before. I, I thought that one was a little lame, but I, I always hate those scenes because they're just never realistic. So I always take it a little personal. I think the only thing I didn't like now, since we're on the nitpick side of the episode, uh, the overlay they used on the on the old footage with the burned the super edges, eight film. Yeah, the Super 8 film, I thought yeah. that was pretty... Um, I wouldn't have It was a little that. corny. Yeah, I wouldn't have... That's what I felt like. I would have yeah. just, just maybe changed, messed with the color a, a wee bit. A wee bit, throw it, throw it in black and white or something. You know, get, not, get, yeah. you know, establish that as the pattern of historical footage. I'm not sure. Just I'd probably make it something more um, faded, you know, but not necessarily put on that, you know, overlay, so to speak. Uh, Crims is obsessed with Kurt bringing a machine gun. If he doesn't bring a machine gun, I Crims is gonna write a letter into the show. But I agree, he's got to bring some heavy, you know. 
it's going to be funny if he comes back like just with an arsenal. He's like, I tried this once and <laughs> we needed a bigger go- We needed a bigger boat, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's going to come back with a flamethrower or something at this point. All right. All right uh, last wagers? category. Oh, last more category. categories. Okay. Yeah. And then to the wagers. Uh, favorite line or lines of the episode. I had two that I liked in this episode that, that stood out to me. I thought I chuckled. Go for it. So one was uh, come on time for some science shit that one was funny uh but the i think the one that i liked the most was uh towards the beginning of the episode where kate you know gets to japan and she's in the taxi uh taxi car and uh he's (laughs) like telling telling her about everything and he's like there's more i have a podcast podcast. (laughs) (laughs) i thought about that. that too because i feel like there's just a general like there was just an annoyance on her part where it's like, yeah. oh, this is the world we live in now. Like everyone has a podcast, and th- that was the thing that they were kind of trying to transmit. Yep. So, hey, we yeah. got a podcast too. There's more. There's more. We got nine more episodes. So, yeah, we do. Um, all right, two wages I want to talk about. Let's do it. What you we got? might be able to do these out the gate. All right. If you're if you're new to the show, if you haven't tuned in before, we like to lay wagers on a new series, which usually results in some sort of um, alcoholic beverage being exchanged, whether it's a bottle of whiskey. It's or whiskey. Whatever is the uh the, the drink of choice. Is Hiroshi alive or dead? Hiroshi's alive. All right, damn it. Okay. Yes, we're we're on the same. I can't take the I cannot take, can't take the, the opposite Hiroshi on that one. Is K alive or dead? K is dead. You're gonna you're gonna you, you didn't see the body, you're gonna take the she's alive. I'm, K, I just K, I know. K's alive. Okay. All right. For now. For now. Now I'm not saying 2015 she's alive. I'm saying 1957 she's. You're alive. saying that she's alive after being drugged down into hell by those things. Okay. Yes. I'll take that bet. Uh, I'm happy with that one. But yeah. I I agree. I I do think Hiroshi is still alive. So okay. that one right. is. Uh, we'll figure out some more in the next episode. All right. Some <laughs> housekeeping. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. This episode of Monarch Legacy of Monsters by Story Archives. We are going to be covering this series all through season one every single week. Next week, the episode is dropping on Wednesday due to Thanksgiving. We're planning on a Wednesday night for that. We're also covering For All Mankind season four, episode one and two were incredible. Those deep dives are out. And if you were rusty and unfamiliar with seasons one through three and you need a recap, we also got you covered there. We did a seasons one through three recap. If you want more shows to binge, Check out our SASA Awards, our Story Archive Stamp of Approval Awards. We're working on workshopping that name a little shorter. But nonetheless, we laid out our favorite shows of the year so far. And we also have plenty more shows in the network if you just go and subscribe. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to hit the notification bell so you can know when we're going live next. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Jonathan Buckley for the first official streaming comment ever. For Crims for tuning in and Space Case. Thank you so much, guys, for being active in the chat. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you soon. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Monarch Legacy of Monsters by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple and Spotify podcasts primarily. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. Visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And finally, there is a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. So we hope to see you on there. Awesome. 
Until the next also, time, y'all. Follow us on Patreon. Avoid bridges. <laughs> Avoid open waters. <laughs> and school buses. <laughs> and school buses. Yeah. All right. See you next time, guys. Later. Peace. Peace.